Good morning. Great to see you guys today. You know, one reason I was excited to present, write, and present this series is because I'm a dreamer. I have always been a dreamer. As a kid, I dreamed constantly, dreamed about where I would go, what I could be, how I could impact the world. I didn't simply watch a movie about a superhero, I became the superhero. I flew like Superman, I broke walls and flipped uh, cars like Hulk, you know. I became that, I embodied that. I wasn't merely inspired by amazing stories of rescue or courageous acts, I became those people. I was a detective, complete with a badge and a gun. I was a firefighter, an astronaut. I daydreamed a lot. Unfortunately, one of the downsides of a natural-born dreamer is we're discontent. We're restless. We're quick to see the myriad ways evil could be conquered, criminals apprehended, life could be brighter, more colorful, and better for people everywhere. And we don't have a problem telling others, hey, if you did this, things would be so much better. Hey, you ever considered changing the way you do that? You know, I think we should all do this. Hey, let's try something new. And the challenge is most people don't think the way we do. They don't see the problems. And even if they do see the problems, they don't think of solutions. Most people are content with life as is, but we dreamers aren't content until as is becomes better than. It's a burden being a dreamer. Throughout elementary, middle school, and high school, I dreamed. It's how I left home at 17, moved a thousand miles away, and started a new life. It's how I decided it was best to marry at 20. It's how I accepted a rundown, poor, and pretty much forgotten church in Wilmington, North Carolina, and did my best to turn it around for about four years. It's how we decided to have three kids in the middle of it all. It's how Lana and I decided to get on a plane and lead a team of 30 people to Ecuador, a country neither of us had ever been to before. It's how we decided to leave everything we knew and our family and friends and move to Elizabeth City and lead Forest Park 20 years ago. It's how after all these years, I decided to return to school and complete a degree in clinical mental health. Are you bragging, Scott? <laughs> no, no. Only saying, I've always been a dreamer. And my dreaming has inspired many decisions, not always good. I mean, I could provide you a list of the ones that didn't turn out very well, but always, whether good or bad, adventurous. By the way, being a dreamer doesn't mean I'm better, smarter, harder working, or any kind of hero. It means I'm a dreamer. It is who I am. Now, now why am I going through this with you? Because being a dreamer brings unique challenges. Other than being discontent, you are often discouraged. Just as I know what it feels like to have a dream realized, excitement and happiness and feeling of accomplishment, I also know what it's like to have your dreams put on hold and you seriously consider giving up. I know what it's like to share personal dreams with someone and he looks at you and you know he doesn't get it. I know what it's like to hand off your dream of excellence to a person and stand back and watch her lead it into average. 
I've watched my dreams not make sense, crash, burn, or be fulfilled by somebody else. Dreaming is challenging because to the dreamers among us, there is an entire world, a universe teeming with life and power and unbelievable adventure. But often you are the only one who sees it. And it's so tempting at times to reel it in. To just say, you know what, I'm done. It's not worth it. I'm tired. I don't know how to communicate this any more clearly. People just don't get it. I just don't have the people around me to make it a reality. But here's the thing. You always wonder, what if? I mean, if you put your dream on the shelf and you say, you know what, forget about it. You can't help but wonder, but what if I wouldn't have put it on the shelf? What if I would have pressed through? What if I would have tried harder? What if I would have attempted again? What if I would have brushed myself off and said, okay, let's, let's come at this a different way? Because you see, you have no idea what's hanging in the balance if you don't fulfill your dream. I mean, someone dreamed of electricity, and here we are. Someone dreamed of indoor lighting. Someone dreamed of indoor plumbing. Aren't you glad? Someone dreamed of antibiotics. Someone dreamed of better transportation. Someone dreamed of personal computers. And someone is dreaming today of something we've never imagined, never considered, never seen, and it will revolutionize everything we know. I want you to think about this. What if I didn't follow my dream to marry Lana? What, what, if, what if we would have said, yeah, nah, no kids? What, what if we would have not had the courage to move here? What, what if I would have said, you know what, I'm sure there will be other opportunities, other countries. Nah, we're not going to go to Ecuador. What, what if I didn't say, let's do it. Let's, let's go back to school and learn more and grow more. Think of all the people not impacted, all the lives not improved. The message of grace not learned or communicated. And who knows what will happen because of the dreams that are inside me today. The ones that you don't know about, but I do. The ones that I think about and process. The ones that I pray about. The ones that I step out and try. And you know what? That's just within my little life. Within one family, within one church within one small city. We have no idea what's hanging in the balance if we fail or succeed with our dreams. And I know that I am talking to several fellow dreamers in this room. I know there are a few fellow dreamers listening right now online. They're watching. They feel it. As I'm talking about this, it's a stirring inside. And I'm bringing this message to you today because I don't want you to give up on your dreams. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to reel it in. I don't want you to say, you know what, there's no way that's ever going to happen for me. So I'm going to put it on the shelf. I'm going to forget about it. Because listen, if you do, if you quit, if you stop, if you say, you know what, there's no reason to keep pushing forward. There's no reason to make sure that dream becomes a reality. Not only are you going to miss out, we're all going to miss out. Because the best ideas, 
the best solutions, the best products, the best businesses, the best churches, the best ministries, the best leaders, the best books, the best of everything is still out there. And they might be in you, in your dreams, in your hearts. Please, I beg you, don't give up. We need you. So for the next few minutes, we're going to look at a dreamer. Someone who not only dreamed full-color dreams, but someone who had every reason to stop dreaming, to give up, to reel it in. But he didn't. And eventually what he dreamed became a reality. Some of you are ahead of me. We're going to talk about Joseph. He's tucked away in the book of Genesis, and his life is so amazing. Now, why Joseph? Well, Joseph's a dreamer. If you know anything about the life of Joseph, you know that throughout his life, he dreamed. And there is a lot we can learn, not only about the nature of dreamers, but what happens inside. Listen to this. Many of the people around you when you dream. And why some people want to sabotage your dreams. And what to do when you are so discouraged, you wonder whether or not your dream will ever come to pass. And you think you might as well give up. Now, before we get to Joseph, here's what I know about dreamers because I am one, all right? Dreamers can't help but dream. We were created to dream. It's in our DNA. We're always dreaming. Dreamers can't wait to tell somebody else about their dreams. They get so excited, they just want to let everybody else know what's going on inside them. They want to let everybody else know the excitement and what the future could hold. I know this about dreamers. We're excited about what might be and what could be. And we want everybody to know what should be. And we can't wait to get started making our dream come alive. And here's a, here's a big one. We assume everyone wants to help us get started. And because of how dreamers are wired, dreamers often suffer a lot of pain. In fact, many dreamers experience deep disappointment. Because the very people they thought would be excited and help them fulfill their dreams are the same ones who spend all their energy trying to sabotage those dreams. It's tough. So let's go to the story of Joseph. And now one thing you need to know about Joseph before we jump into his story. Joseph was the favorite of his father. So his brothers were jealous. And they disliked Joseph greatly. So I want you to keep that in mind. There's tension within the family before we even get to what I'm going to share with you here, all right? Genesis 37, beginning at verse 5. Watch this. Joseph, what? Had a dream and told it to his brothers. Watch the rest of this verse, which made them hate him even more. He had a dream. He told it to his brothers which made them hate him even more. You ever had a dream and you shared it with people you thought would rejoice with you, but instead of rejoicing with you, they actually hated you for it? 
Dreamers, listen carefully. Some of the people you expect to be excited about your dreams, to put their shoulder down and help you carry that dream forward, the very people you think are going to applaud you, cheer you on and say, you know what? I don't know what it's going to take for you to fulfill this dream, but count on me. I don't know how long it's going to take you to fulfill this dream, but you can count on me. The very people you think are going to be there for you sometimes are the very people who will hate you because you have the dream. Dream anyway. Do not allow jealous people to stop you. You attempted to bring them your dreams and they don't want to be a part. That's okay. You dream anyway. So now what was Joseph's dream? This is important. What was his dream? Listen to this dream I had. This is Joseph talking to his brothers. When we were binding stalks of grain in the field, my stalk my stalk got up and stood upright while your stalks gathered around it and bowed down to my stalk. They're like, well, I can see why they hated him. His brother said to him, will you really be our king and rule over us? Watch this. So they hated him even more because of the dreams he told them. They hated him even more because of the dreams he told them. Verse 9, then Joseph had another dream and described it to his brothers. I've just dreamed again. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Joseph, you are digging yourself in a grave. Verse 10, when he described it to his father and brothers. See, dreamers just tell everybody. Dreamers just get so excited, they tell everybody about their dream. So when he described it to his father and brothers, his father scolded his father scolded him and said to him, what kind of dreams have you dreamed? Am I and your mother and your brother supposed to come and bow down to the ground in front of you? His brothers were jealous of him. Here's what I know about dreamers. Most dreamers, listen to me very carefully. If you're a dreamer, I want you to listen to me very carefully. Most dreamers aren't trying to make themselves great and put others down. They're simply sharing their dreams. That's all they're doing. It's small-minded, jealous people who can't see the beauty of the whole dream because they get lost in the details of the parts of the dream. Joseph can't help his dreams. They are what they are. He didn't dream about his brothers bowing down to him because he wanted to be their ruler. He simply conveyed the dreams he had. They were angry. They were filled with hate because of one thing, jealousy. His brothers didn't want Joseph to be the center of attention. And when Joseph told them his dream about them bowing down to him, they didn't ask, listen, they didn't ask to understand the dream. They didn't ask to find their place within the dream. They didn't ask to figure out if the dream was the best dream or how Joseph felt about the dream. Nothing. It just ticked them off. And I have learned it's not that everybody wants to be the center of attention. It's just that they don't want you to be the center of attention. It isn't that his brothers wanted to become a kind of person that everybody else would bow down to them. It isn't that they wanted to become so great and so powerful that they became great leaders. They just didn't want anybody to bow down to Joseph. You can write this down. Non-dreamers 
project their insecurities onto dreamers. This makes dreamers abnormal. And we tend to run off, persecute, malign, and kill what we don't understand. And it's why dreamers are so often vilified. Why? Because dreamers highlight what could be. Dreamers reveal what should be. Dreamers bring to light what is often protected in the darkness. Dreamers stand up and say, you know what? The way it is, doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. You know what? This system can be changed. You know what? We don't have to be this way toward these people. Hey, you know what? We can create something better. You know what? Things can be brighter. You know what? You can change and you can change and I can change and we can change. And guess what? People don't like dreamers to point out all the weaknesses and flaws and sins. You're so abnormal, we think we'll just get rid of you. And here's one of the most difficult realities. Dreamers are most often hated by those closest to them. Notice what happens. Verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw Joseph in the distance before he got close to them, and they plotted to kill him. The brothers said to each other, here comes what? The big dreamer you got to read that with that sarcasm. Here comes the big dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns. And we'll say a wild animal devoured him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. What are they really killing? The dreams. They're projecting all of their insecurities onto Joseph Joseph is showing them up. Joseph is talking about things that are going to change. He's talking about the systems around him that's going to be different one day. He's going to be in a, a position of power, and they're going to be in a position of, of weakness. They didn't like that. They don't want that to be true. They become jealous so much so they want to kill him. Verse 23, when Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped off Joseph's long robe, took him, and threw him into a cistern, an empty cistern, with no water in it. When they sat down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with camels carrying sweet resin, medicinal resin, and fragrant resin on their way down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and hide his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Wow, what a compassionate guy. Let's not kill him, let's just sell him into slavery. His brothers took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a male goat, and dipped the robe in blood. They took the long robe, brought it to their father, and said, we found this. See if this is your son's robe or not. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal has devoured him. Joseph must have been torn to pieces. That Jacob, his father, tore his clothes, put on a simple mourning cloth around his waist, and mourned for his son for many days. All of his sons and daughters got up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, telling them, I'll go to my grave mourning for my son. And Joseph's father wept for him. Folks, when you, when you read this account, it is difficult to imagine doing this to anyone. But when you realize these men are doing this to their brother, it becomes unimaginable. The Song of Solomon says in verse 6 of chapter 8, jealousy, 
is as cruel as the grave. His brothers didn't care if they hurt Joseph. Jealousy will make you do things to people you never imagined you would do. They didn't care if they hurt Joseph. They didn't care if they hurt their own father. Can you imagine? They stood there and watched their father tear his robe, fall to the ground, mourn and wail over his son whom he loved, knowing the whole time that he wasn't dead. Knowing the whole time that they had sold him into slavery. They didn't care so long as Joseph the dreamer was gone. Jealousy will steal and destroy and kill. Jealousy doesn't care who it hurts as long as the object of its hate is removed. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, most people would quit dreaming at this point. If you were Joseph and you were sitting in the bottom of a cistern with no water in it, your brothers had taken you and thrown you there, went back and told your dad that you were dead, And all of that happened because you dreamed and you shared your dream with your brothers. Don't you think at that point you might want to reevaluate your dreaming? Most of us would quit dreaming at that point. Or at least quit telling everybody about our dreams. Just let it go. Many dreamers try their best to quit dreaming when their family and friends despise their dreams. And a few of you sitting in this room, a few of you watching online, you have stopped dreaming because of your family or a few friends have made it difficult for you. You have shared with them your heart. You have shared with them your dreams. You have shared with them what's passion and what's burning inside of you. And they've looked down their nose at you. They've said, oh, come on, get off it. You're never going to be able to do that. They've they've mocked you. They've laughed at you. You kind of become the brunt of a joke that you're just a dreamer. You got all these goals. You got all these great things you want to accomplish. And because you have felt the pinch of your family and friends, you have let your dreams go. But you are frustrated because when you're a dreamer, when at the core of your being are dreams, it is impossible to stop. Long story short, Joseph's dreams led him to not only his brother's jealousy, but also to enslavement. Shortly after, he is raised from the cistern. He is sold to a man by the name of Potiphar, whose wife was a temptress and tried to lure Joseph into a sexual relationship. He resisted her, so she accuses him of rape, and Joseph ends up in prison for a crime he didn't commit. It gets worse and worse and worse, all because he shared his dreams with people he thought would support him. No doubt in prison, Joseph feels forgotten, he feels rejected, he feels unloved. And here again, if you hadn't stopped dreaming when you were in the bottom of that cistern, I think you would probably have stopped dreaming when you got to prison. Many of us would ask in this moment, where has my dreaming got me? I'll tell you where. Sold into slavery, accused of rape, and forgotten in prison. I'm never going to dream again. That's how I would think. That's how I would have thought. That's how... I have thought before. Folks, if we had time, I could tell you how many dreams I have allowed some people to snuff out of me. I have gone to some people that I thought, I thought would would come alongside and say, you know what, let's make this happen. Let's do this thing. And I handed them a little ember that was burning just inside of me. And all I needed was some oxygen. All I needed was some support. All I needed was some people to kind of blow that thing. And that thing would rage into a fire. But instead of putting oxygen in it, they begin to pour water in it. They try to snuff it out. 
You been there? I've been there. I've allowed people, some people close to me, to impede my dreaming. To make me feel as if I was wrong. To have high hopes and clear expectations. To dream of a better tomorrow for a lot of people. But Joseph, he doesn't give up on his dreams. Even in prison, he holds on to his dreams and he helps. And you're going to see this. He helps other people interpret their dreams because dreamers find other dreamers. And if their dream isn't fulfilled yet, they'll help other people fulfill their dreams. Again, long story short, in the prison with Joseph are two men. I'm just telling you this long story, very short. The, the wine steward for the king and the king's baker. Now, we're not sure what happened, but both of these guys did something to tick the king off, and the king threw them both into prison. And after some time, each of these men had dreams, and they were confused as to what the dreams meant. Joseph heard about their dreams and how confused they were about trying to interpret them. So some of you have been like, dreams, are you kidding me? I don't want to hear anything else about dreaming. Dreaming will get you in prison. Let it go. Some of you are like that to other people. Somebody snuffed your dream out, and you're so disappointed and hurt and broken, you snuff other people's dreams out. Not Joseph. Not Joseph. Finally, Joseph says, hey, listen, um, I know something about dreams. Long story. We're not going to talk about it. But anyway, I know something about dreams. And God is the one who speaks through dreams. So let me see if I can help you. Tell me your dreams. So the two men describe their dreams, and Joseph interprets the dreams. And Joseph tells the wine steward that his dream meant that in three days he will be set free. And then he tells the baker what his dream meant, and in three days you're going to be executed. Wouldn't you like to have been in that meeting? What's your dream? Okay, your dream means that in three days you're going to be set free. What's your dream? Okay, in three days you're going to be killed. Again, dreamers just state what's what. They just say what it is. This is what it is. This is my dream. This is what it means. And Joseph asks only one thing. When the wine steward is released, he says, listen, when you get set free in three days, and you're going to be freed in three days, when you get set free in three days, I want you to recommend me to the king. Tell him what I've done for you. And maybe if he frees you, he'll free me the same way. Unfortunately, the wine steward forgot Joseph's request, and Joseph remains in prison another two years. Let's pause. What was Joseph's original dream? I'm talking about the one that got him in trouble to begin with. What was his original dream? That his brothers, who sold him into slavery, causing him to end up in prison, would eventually bow down to him. That he would be the one in charge and they would be in submission to him. He didn't know what any of that meant when he dreamed it. He didn't understand it. He just dreamed it and shared his dream and it kicked off a series of very unfortunate events in his life. And from where Joseph sits now, in prison, accused of rape and forgotten by the very man he helped get out of prison, from where he sits now, his brothers bowing down to him, Seems like an impossibility. Yet Joseph still believes God speaks through dreams. He still believes he can interpret those dreams. Folks, that's faith. When you've got a dream burning inside you and everybody around you is against it, and circumstances keep you down, and nobody seems to want to help you fulfill it, and you still have a dream burning inside you, that's faith. 
That's faith. And that's what I want to see happen in some of you. I want you to keep dreaming, and I want you to hold on to your dream when everybody makes fun. Hold on to your dream when everybody is jealous. Hold on to your dream when everybody hates you, when everybody doubts you, when everybody forgets you. But eventually, two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. There's a lot of dreaming going on at this time in history, okay? I, I don't understand it. But Pharaoh has this dream, all right? And here's his dream. Pharaoh dreams about seven fatted cows. You ever had weird dreams? You're like, it's like, God, is that the pizza? I, I'm not really sure. Am I sick? I mean, it's COVID. Could be COVID. Seven fatted cows climbing up out of the Nile, and then seven skinny cows following them. He goes back to sleep, and he dreams about seven ears of grain, full and healthy, growing on one stalk, and then seven scrawny ears devouring the seven healthy ears. It really bothers Pharaoh. And he gathers some of his wisest people around him and says, I've had these dreams, and I don't know what any of it means, and nobody knows how to interpret the dream. Let's pick the story up from there, Genesis 41. Then the chief wine steward spoke to Pharaoh. <laughs> Today, I just remembered my mistake. Two years later. Today, I just remembered my mistake. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker under arrest with the commander of the royal guard. We both dreamed one night, he and I, and each of our dreams had its own interpretation. A young Hebrew man, can't remember his name right now, but anyway, he was there. He, a servant of the commander of the royal guard, was with us. He described our dreams to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us, giving us an interpretation for each dream. So Pharaoh summoned for Joseph and brought him up out of the dungeon. And Pharaoh said, I heard you that you know how to interpret dreams. So let me tell you my dream, and I want you to tell me what this means. So Pharaoh relays the dream to Joseph. And Joseph said, God will tell you what this means through me. And he tells Pharaoh, the seven fatted cows and the seven healthy stalks represent seven years of prosperity. And the seven skinny cows and the seven scrawny stalks re represent seven years of famine. So Egypt is going to have seven years of prosperity, and it's going to be immediately followed by seven years of famine. And then Joseph provides a solution for the coming famine. During the seven years of prosperity, keep out one-fifth of the grain, feed the people, but then keep back one-fifth throughout the seven years. And then during the seven years of famine, you'll be able to distribute that grain and keep everybody fed so that people won't starve and die. And Pharaoh loved the idea. And because of Joseph, Egypt was able to survive the seven years of famine. Listen to me very carefully. If you don't hear anything else, hear this part right here. Okay, I want you to hear all of it, but, but hear this part too. When things get rough, when life gets confusing, when the future looks bleak, when the leaders don't know what to do, that's when dreamers are most needed. Folks, we need dreamers right now. Our world, our nation, our communities, our education system, our economy, our churches, we need some dreamers. We need some people who can see beyond the darkness on the horizon and see a brighter future and stand up and say it. People who can interpret the dreams of others 
and provide wisdom on how to see it come to light. We need new ideas, new solutions, new predictions, new businesses, new ministries, new ways of solving old, stale problems. Who cares? Listen, who cares if the dreamers are at the center of it all? Who cares who gets the credit as long as the problems are solved? We need dreamers. Are you one? Are things burning inside of you? Ideas, passion, desires to see a brighter future, not only for you and your family, but for communities, for a church, for a business, for a city, for a nation. Have you been stuck in a dungeon by some of the people closest to you? We need your dreams. We need your skills. We need you. So what happens next? Well, Pharaoh appoints Joseph to oversee the grain during the prosperous years, to collect it, to store it, and he oversees the grain during the famine years to pass it out to make sure that the people don't starve. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? During the seven years of famine, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt in search of grain, and guess who oversees the grain? Joseph. And they bow down to him, desperate for food. And Joseph's dream comes full circle. Exactly how he dreamed it before his brothers sold him into slavery. Dreamers, I want you to listen to my heart. It might take you a long time. And you're going to travel a winding and confusing and fearful road toward your dream. But eventually... It will happen. Don't you let jealous brothers, don't you let a scolding father, don't you let a temptress, don't you let a cistern, don't you let a prison, don't you let fake friends who says they'll remember you, don't you let any of it stop you. The dream inside you won't be fulfilled overnight. There's going to be many years between your dream and fulfillment. There's going to be jealous brothers and grieving fathers and temptations and miserable nights in prison cells and fake friends and unanswered questions. But you keep dreaming. You keep walking. You keep helping other people understand and fulfill their dreams. There's going to be times when you help other people fulfill their dreams. You're going to say, but what about my dream? You're going to interpret other dreams for people, and then you're going to sit back and go, but what about my dream? And you don't even realize that interpreting other people's dreams, it's all part of getting to you to your dream. It all works together. And one day, maybe unlike anything you imagined, You'll realize the dreams you had when you were a kid, the dreams that burned inside of you when you were a young adult, the dreams that you had when you first started your business, the dreams that were just so white hot inside you when you were a young pastor. You're going to stand back one day and you're going to go, there it is. There it is. At the end of that story, Joseph is so overcome by emotion that his brothers 
are basically bowing down before him. And the whole thing that's happened over the years of it's come full circle. And the dream he had when he was just a young man came true. And he's overcome with emotion so much so he just walks over to the side of the room and he weeps. And he makes one of the most famous statements. You intended this for evil, but God intended it for good, for the saving of many people. And I think in your life, you're going to walk over to the side of a room and like Joseph, you're going to weep. You're going to weep for the long journey. You're going to weep for the lost years. You're going to weep for the forgotten friends. You're going to weep for the jealous family. But most of all, you're going to weep for a faithful God who has brought you all the way around. Dreamers, we need you. You keep dreaming. Let's pray. Father, we need dreamers. We need people who will stand up and say, you know what, I, I don't know what this is burning inside of me, but this is what I'm dreaming. I don't know what's going on right now, but here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm sensing. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. I go to sleep and I try to forget it, but the dreams are there. I get involved in other things, but I, I, I'm never content because there's a dream there. I've tried other things, but I keep coming back to this because there's a dream there. Father, we need dreamers. And we need dreamers who keep dreaming through the prison who keep dreaming through the temptress, who keeps dreaming through jealousy, who keeps dreaming through hatred, who keeps dreaming through violence, who keeps dreaming. And in the middle of it all, we'll help other people fulfill their dreams knowing that ultimately when we help other people fulfill their dreams, you will help fulfill ours. Father, there's a discouraged dreamer in this place. May this message today just blow oxygen and truth into them. And may that flame that is burning so low and they are afraid it's going to be snuffed out. And in just a moment, they're just going to see the smoke because the fire is gone. God, may this message today just ignite something inside of them. And they walk out of this place and say, I will not keep, quit dreaming. I will continue on and believe and try and watch the faithfulness of my God. Speak into our church. We need dreamers here. We need dreamers in our children's area. We need dreamers in our students. We need dreamers in our worship. We need dreamers in outreach. We need dreamers in our families. We need dreamers in our community. We need dreamers in our businesses. We need dreamers in every area. God, they're here. Raise us up and teach us what it means. In Jesus' name. Keep dreaming. We'll see you soon.